welcome to the Addiction in Emergency Medicine and Acute Care podcast. Why does this matter? One person in the United States dies from a drug overdose every six minutes. We as healthcare providers must do better to treat addiction, prevent overdoses, and improve the lives of our patients and their families. This podcast is designed to provide you with simple and evidence-based information on substance use disorders that you can use to take better care of your patients on your next shift. Hello, my friends and colleagues. Welcome back to another episode of the Addiction in Emergency Medicine and Acute Care Podcast. That is a long name. You know, I've been doing this podcast now for about two and a half years, and yet the long name of the podcast still persists. Please let me know if you have a better idea for the name of this podcast. Find me on LinkedIn or send me an email. You can contact me at addictionemac at fastmail.com. All right then, housekeeping aside, on to today's episode. We are going to hear today the perspective of a person in recovery about what it's like to live with addiction. And more specifically, we're going to talk about what happens when people purchase drugs, which is often referred to as a drug deal. So with that, Jeremy, welcome to the podcast. Tell us your story, how you got started with substance use, your life with substance use, and what you're doing now. Okay, uh, that's a loaded thing. Um, uh, I mean, I'm a heroin addict from for 20 years now. So like uh, all that, um, I started. I'm from Pennsylvania, so uh, it's different over there. It's uh, we have different drugs and and not so much you know, like there's no there's no crystal over there. So crystal meth over there. So um, it's mostly like heroin and crack and coke. So uh, and the and the heroin's different. So we have. Uh, like a powder heroin, more like an Afghani heroin, they say. Uh, it's just not like a Mexican tar. So uh, over there, you don't have to like cook heroin or anything. Like you just mix it up in water and 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 do your thing. Um, uh, shooting heroin, that is like I mean, you or you just snort it. Like, see, people over here don't really snort heroin because it's like a tar, so you can't really snort it. So um, I mean, it varies. It varies. So. Uh, I mean, I spent most of my time over there, um, in and out of jail, in and out of rehabs, um, just doing drugs. I mean, uh, the crystal meth, that, that, that's in more of a new thing over here. Uh, I've done it over there. It's over, it's like, in Pennsylvania, it's in the big cities like Philly and Pittsburgh. Like, they, they, they have it, but, or it's in the small towns, like, because uh, where they're just doing, like, bathtub meth or, but, like, it's not everywhere like it is out here, so... Uh, fast forward, I mean, I mean, I just, I was in a constant cycle of drugs, jail over there. And then I come over here, um, in 2017 and, um, I was all right for a little bit. I mean, I, I got stranded and homeless and then it's easy to be homeless over here in California because there's no rain really. So, um, I just got stuck in that and then started the cycle over here and then basically got dug into, uh, crystal meth too. So that's a whole another animal, um, and so I mean I got I'm just been rotating in a constant uh, chasing my tail of of the the tar heroin over here and the crystal meth and yeah um that's a that's a, that's a quick overview. And what are you doing now? Uh, I mean I've been clean for uh, 
little over five months now, um, which is like amazing to me because uh, I don't ever put together clean time. Um, so I mean, I've been I, I was in a couple programs and now I'm just trying to do my thing with uh, drug and alcohol counseling to try and because I, I mean all I know really is is drugs and and jail and rehabs and different stuff like that. So if if I can get enmeshed in that and, and help others along the way and teach them and then get them through the recovery process and, and give my experience to them. I mean, that's what I'm trying to go for. So, yeah. 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 So that, I think that brings us to the question of, of what I wanted to talk about during this episode. And, and, you know, you and I've talked about this and I, I've enjoyed when you laugh about my dumb questions, but, you know, I've wondered for years of, like, how does one approach understanding buying drugs? What's in them? How much do they cost? How much are you getting? How do you dose yourself? Um, and most of the audience for uh, for this podcast is going to be healthcare providers. Most of us have not lived with addiction. And I hear sometimes like, oh, I use a gram of heroin a day. And I think like as a doctor, like I'm ordering precise doses in milligrams and I feel like it's all cut and it's got fentanyl in it. So let's start with a question you and I have talked about before and you laughed at my dumb questions and mm -hmm. I, I'm assuming you will laugh at me again, but like you're, you're, you're unhoused, you're living on the street, you know, you, you're in withdrawal. Like how do you go about actually purchasing drugs on the street? Well, I mean, the, the drug matters obviously, but, um, I mean, for, for conversation's sake, we'll just start out with, uh, with, uh, opiates. Cause I mean, that's the constant one I know of, uh, and it's different either way. It's different with your uppers and it's different with your downers. Um, with opiates, uh, first off, I got to say this. I don't know what is in drugs, okay? I just know that they are there and that I want them. And I know that what they do for me in the, in the, in the grand scheme of things, I know generally what an upper is going to do, what a downer is going to do. And I know, I know that. But I don't know what the chemical makeup of anything is. I'm not. I'm not into that. I don't know that, and I don't think any. I don't know anybody that does really when it comes down to it. So I mean, if you want to know uh, how a drug deal goes down, you want to know like well, I, I, buying I, I, it. You want to start this out like that, or <laughs> you, how do you want to go about this? Talk me through it. I I am absolutely clueless, except that I I take care of patients with addiction all day, every day, and they tell me this is what I'm using, but I don't actually know what, what, what they're getting, what they know they're getting, what the limitations of what they know is. Like, I mean, talk me through, you're in withdrawal, you know, you need an opiate, like, mm -hmm. like what, what are you negotiating with? Are you asking the dealer, like, what's it cut with? Just talk me through what it was like. Okay. The, yeah. That doesn't happen. Um, like, okay, we're going, <laughs> I know, I know that I need an opiate cause I am a heroin addict. Okay. So I know I am not, not obviously I'm not going to die, but I, I feel like I'm going to die. So I need to go get this and obviously i know drug dealers because it's, it's not like all of a sudden poof i'm a drug addict like and i don't know where to get it i know where to get it i know who's got it and so i mean obviously i call them up and i i don't ask um the potency of anything i don't ask i don't i don't need to find out like okay we'll go to fentanyl okay because because heroin that this never really happened i mean we just generally understood that it's heroin and, and you get what you get. I mean, it, whether it's strong or bad, like it fluctuates. And so you never really ask that. But 
Now with fentanyl, there's all these uh, car fentanyl, ISO, clean, like there's so many different levels of it. So you can kind of ask that, like, um, but even if you do ask that, I mean, are you going to believe it anyways? Because, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what car or clean or the levels of it. And I don't know how I would even know if you, if besides getting, using it, I'm not going to really know. And and, and even then I'm not going to know because I just know it's going to make me less sick and or high. So, I mean, it goes, that goes like, there's, there's questions that could be asked, but does it really matter? Because I'm not going to, I'm not, first of all, I'm not going to believe you anyways. You're a drug dealer. I mean, you're not, you're, I don't. You you might not even know. So like it's it's that's how that goes. I mean so so, so you're gonna laugh at me here. So I, I just bought a used car and they let me test drive it, right? So I got to kind of test out the goods before I bought them. Is that a thing when you're buying drugs? It def um yes. Uh uh I again I don't know that many drug dealers that'll be like okay yeah go ahead because they're it's profit it's money I mean they're but at the same time with the fentanyl it's so cheap that they definitely are going to brag about it and let you try it out because it's not as expensive. Like heroin's way more expensive than this, this fentanyl is. So they will definitely let you try it out and, uh, and see what it is. But again, when it comes down to it, like if they're giving you a white powder to smoke and then you say, Oh yes, I like that. And then they give you another white powder after you buy it. How do you know that white powder is the same white powder? Well, I would ask you that. Like, do you actually know? No, no, you have no clue. Um, you can, I mean, there, there's, there's these rainbow fentanyls that, I mean, are all Lucky Charms colored and like, and all these cornucopia of things. Like, I don't know what any of that is. And I don't know. I just know if you, if I said here, smoke this rainbow and then I say, yes, I like it. And then you give me rainbow. I'm going to generally understand or take it that, that, that is the same thing. But you have no way of knowing. How, how do you decide how much to actually buy? Is it based on what money you have or, or what you I think mean, you need? Yeah, yeah I, of course. That is definitely the way it goes. Because, I, I mean, there's no credit system, really. Um, there's no there's no IOUs on it. So uh, Then how do people get in debt to their dealers? I mean, I feel like, like old debts sometimes lead to violence. Well, okay, yeah. Um, if you have a rapport with your drug dealer... And you have brought him money every single day for the last whatever X amount of time, then I could say, yeah, you could have a level of trust there and 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 get into debt with him. But I mean, generally speaking, like there is no, there's no, there's a barter system. Like you, I mean, you could give them stolen goods or 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 things that you had that that you're gonna trade him. But like, I mean, for the the general the general feel of it is that um, cash is king. Hmm. Okay. So, I mean, would you, for example, let's say you had a hundred dollars, would you go buy all a hundred dollars worth of drugs or would you save some? Like, how do you know how much to buy? No, I'm a multifaceted drug addict. Uh, I used both uppers and downers. So, uh, I would break it down. I mean, um, crystal's very cheap too. And, and so I would, I, I, I use both. I mean, I, I mix up like I'm a, I'm an IV user. And I would just mix up both. So uh, I would get, I mean, I'm, my most important thing is my opiates because I need that to function. Because, I mean, if I don't have it, I'm sick. And um, that's, I mean, that's obviously number one. But I would buy, I mean, obviously it depends on what kind of money I have, but I would split it. I mean, I'd say a, a good general rule is like, 
two-thirds versus one-third, maybe? I mean, like... Two-thirds I'm, opiates, one-thirds uppers? Sure. Huh. Sure. So would you, would you spend all $100? Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, I mean, unless I need other things, like I say I needed um, needles or uh, anything. I mean, I, I, for the most part, yeah. I mean, it can be... It's definitely safe to say that I'm going to spend all of it. Yeah. So, so would you buy drugs more like on a prescriptive basis? Like I call my dealer once a week or would you just buy as much as you could, use it until you ran out and then call the dealer again? Yeah, of course. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So when you're actually, you know, in there, like, I mean, like... For, forgive me, and I know Jeremy, you've you've laughed at me as a normie, but like, like, are they like pulling stuff out of pockets and showing it to you? They have like a case they open, like, like how does like what do they offer you? I mean, <laughs> that's such a that's such a random thing. Um, uh, it's, it's a normie question. I mean, that's why we're talking I, about I guess, this. I mean, you can understand like it's not. There's no they they don't carry around a big like metal briefcase with them and like flash it and like and like show you deals of the week or anything like that. No, it's like <laughs> deals uh, of the week. <laughs> it's Dealer like, special. <laughs> it's, no, it's like uh, I mean they. I mean you you know this person, so um, you they know what you're coming for. They know. I mean, it's just like. It's understood. It's already it's already established. You have a you have a rapport with this person, so um, you call you've called them up. I'm sure. I mean, unless you're just showing up and saying, "Hey, I need it," uh, they already know what it is. You've already probably told them. So, you I mean, you just give them the money and they give you the drugs. So, is it different when you're w- with a new dealer versus with an established dealer? I mean, yeah. I mean. Uh, I mean, yeah, they want to see the cash, obviously, like, if you don't know this person, but I mean, that comes into question, like, you have, how did you meet this person? Like, I mean, you had to be in your little microcosm of drug dealing and drug buying that you had to buy, know them somehow as a drug dealer. Like, I mean, this is all understood to me. Like, I, I get it. You're asking a question. It's, 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 it's crazy question because... Uh, I mean, you just give them the money. I mean, it's it's not too much. Yeah, I mean, I guess the way I'm thinking of it. So, so as a doctor, like you know, last night I had a kid with a broken finger, and I had to reset it. So I think of the steps in my mind. Like step one, I need to put you know local anesthetic in his finger to put it to sleep. Mm-hmm. Number two, I review the X-ray. Number three, I reset it. Number four, we repeat the X-ray. Number five, we splint it. Like medicine is very like do this then that, and I and I guess I'm trying to understand if you had to say there were steps to buying drugs what steps would it be i mean yeah definitely the first step is i mean if you really want to break it down i need the drug okay so and this is under the assumption that i have money for the drug i mean because i mean am i gonna have to go get the go get either i mean because it goes like this if i don't have a job obviously i'm gonna have to go take something or hustle something up like i mean usually I mean, stealing is a huge part of drugs because, I mean, if you go as long as into the homeless scene of it, I mean, these people don't have jobs or established in any way. So they have to come up with the money somehow. And that's, that's the recycling or, I mean, for the most part, they're stealing stuff. So you have to go steal your whatever and then either turn it into cash or turn it into drugs because plenty of drug dealers or people involved with that will will barter either give you cash for it or give you drugs for it. So 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 if I had to hear this, so step one is you identify you need the drug. Step two is you need money. Sure. Okay, you've got money, what's next? Okay. So 
you you call them up. I mean, unless you're going directly to them without without any previous like uh, letting them know, or like, and you're just gonna go. You're gonna go to the drug dealer, and you're gonna say, "Hey, unless it's already established through the message, uh, uh, I need X amount of drugs. I have Y amount of money." Were you were you phone calls, text messages, Facebook? I mean, yeah. I uh, okay. Uh, Facebook is definitely. I mean, there's Facebook Messenger and Facebook. I mean, I'm not gonna hit them up on Facebook because that's like a general thing. It's gonna be up on their page, like. But on Messenger, sure, that's a that's a direct link, and and then, obviously, if I have their phone number, or I will call them up or hit them up, and then say, hey, and then they'll give me up the information of, hey, meet me here. I've got this. I don't have that. So then, so, I mean, and, and when you're sending messages, are you being cryptic about it? Are you just like, dude, I need, I need some heroin. Uh, maybe 20 years ago, I was cryptic about it, but I mean, there's no need for that anymore because I mean, we, I don't know if it's understood that we don't need to be cryptic anymore or that we just don't care anymore, but no, there's no, there's no more like, uh, bring me three t-shirts or I need DVDs. Like we used to use DVDs, like, oh, bring me three DVDs. And like, we understood what that meant. Like we had a, we had it broken down, but not anymore. No, like there's, it's, it's, it's either under, I mean, we just don't, I think we just don't care anymore. Like, cause there's so much people and are they going to track it all down? And it's just so much like, I mean, and I, I just don't think it's cared about anymore. Okay. So now you've contacted the dealer. Do they deliver? Do you go to them? Do you meet in the middle? I mean, that's all relative. Like, uh, I mean, it depends who the drug dealer is and what your scenario is, whether you're driving, whether you're walking, whether, I mean, it, it's, it's totally relative. So, I mean, it happens any which way. I mean, it could be that person meeting you, um, you going to them. I mean, yeah, that's I'm mean, they're in a motel room. You have a motel room, and it, it's so it's so variable. There's so many variables to that. Okay, so you're actually there physically meeting the dealer. Is it more like, hey, you give me the money, this is what you ordered, or is it more like, hey, this is what I've got, choose what you want, or can it vary? Yeah, that can vary too. I mean, I know what what the dope man has. I know what they have. I know that, I mean, he may sell crystal or he may sell heroin or he may sell fentanyl or he may sell all of them. I don't know. But I mean, if I know I'm calling that person for X, Y, or Z, and then, so, um, usually I've already told them that way they can be ready, or at least I know that they have it because I mean, I don't want to say, Hey, I need, uh, $50 $50 worth of any of them and, and, and that, and that they don't have it. So like, it's usually established before that, Hey, I need this amount. I've got this amount. And then you establish, um, meeting time and meeting place. So, and then when you're actually like, when you're physically handed the product, do you inspect it? Do you, do you take a look at it? Do you try to do like your own quality assurance? I mean, uh, the appearance is like number one, because um, a lot of drug dealers won't, they don't want you getting high in front of them for whatever reason, whether it's it's against their whatever moral code they have, or they just, because it's hot, or like it's it's too much, uh, it's too much activity going on, and they want to get you out of there. Oh, I see. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, so you're going to generally have to go upon um, your 
your your previous actions with them, you know that they, I mean, you are, it, it's understood that they have good drugs or adequate drugs. And so you're just going to go generally on upon appearance. And, and I mean, it's, it's, there's a level of trust there that, I mean, you've bought drugs from, from them for, for this amount of time and, and they have what you need. So you're not going to really question it that much. If you get a a bad batch, that's like, let's say you're, you're in withdrawal, you, you buy an opiate, you don't feel any better. Like, do do you call them back? Do they give you a refund? I mean, I'm assuming no, but like, well, it depends what you mean by bad batch because bad batch, I mean, let's unpack that. Let's say it's, it's all filler, no active drugs. So it's really weak. Mm -hmm. What would you do? I mean, I definitely call them back and then, and then, complain and and they're gonna i mean for the most part it means happened so many times that they usually they will say like no 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 like that's good it's good these other people uh they all said it's good i haven't had any complaints whether they have or not i mean again you're not gonna know but um and then since you brought them so much money it's going to be generally like, hey, okay, I'm going to make this right because they don't want to lose you as a customer. That makes sense. Yeah. How about on the, on the opposite? And, and with opiates, it's obviously hard because if you get stuff that's too strong, you're going to overdose. But but let's say, for example, with crystal, it's just, it's super strong. It's really intense. I mean, do you care or is that just a good thing? Like that's, you scored. Yeah, that's a great thing. And I mean, I mean, it's not, it's not, it's, <laughs> nobody's complaining about that. Um, mm. I've never complained about that. Um but if you go into the heroin aspect of it and the, the opiates, I mean, say this drug has known to overdose somebody. I mean, once that gets out and I mean, that's when people are going for it. If they know somebody has overdosed, it's a, it's a phenomenon where they're just like, oh, well, I want that because it's that strong. Yeah. And I mean, so they, they seek it out. It's funny you mentioned that when I do a lot of education and you and I have been doing some education this week at schools, uh, one of the things people ask, like, you know, just when they're trying to understand why people with addiction do what they do is, you know, if I told you there's bad mayonnaise at Safeway, nobody's going to go to Safeway and buy mayonnaise. But when there's addiction, when they hear that that drug's killing people, the addicted mind goes, that's the most powerful high. I want that. Well, I, I get what you're saying there, but bad is not, is, is a, is a very, Nah, maybe it's, it's a bad it's, analogy. Yeah, it's because it, bad is it's not bad. It's not bad is in because the killing is the overdosing because it's strong. So it's like um, it, I, I get what you're saying, but it, it it it's not it's not poisonous. It's just it's strong, strong and it's it's it taking people out. So interesting. Uh, yeah, I get what you're saying, but it's it, it's we want strong because obviously more bang for your buck. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the rule of it. Okay. So you, you bought your drug, you've got your, you got what you, what you need. Like, do you just kind of wave and say, see you next time? Like, like <laughs> again, like, these are like these normie questions. Like what happens next? I, I never thought anybody would ask that. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, I'll see you next time is the kind of a thing like, uh, uh, because I mean, it's, it's not, it's not that personal, like when you don't have to like your drug dealer. You know what I mean? I don't have to. We don't have to exchange greetings, and we don't have to like shake hands, and we. I don't have to ask him about um his daughter's birthday or anything like that. It's not. I mean, I don't care. He doesn't care for the most part, unless you have a relationship with that person. It's. I. I mean, we don't care. I'm. It's business, 
It's there. I mean, you might not like the guy. You might you might hate him. Like, but he's got what you want, and 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 vice versa. Yeah. So like, you just deal with it, and usually it's 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 fast. It's it's in and out, and so so and, and obviously, um, you know, it's going to vary regionally. It's going to vary person to person. But over the years, when you look back at the dealers you've worked with, were there some that you kind of were friendly with? Yeah. Course. I mean, were there some that you would like kick it with? I mean, yeah. Um, it it depends if they use also. Like, if they're a user and a user and a drug dealer, then then you can have that aspect. Of like, like, can I get higher? Oh, sure, yeah, get higher. And 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 it, they might be instead of just a sole drug dealer, they're just selling drugs to support their habit. So like then and then it's all like it's just it's just hanging out and like. And and then if you get that level of trust, it, it, we call it, um, and and constant like uh, consistency and everything like that, then then you can then you can have that like uh, credit system. Like, hey man, I'm really sick today, especially with the opiates, because opiates like you need that. Like, it's absolutely necessary to function in your life that you need it. So and and times might be hard, and you might need like, uh, uh, so you might say, hey man, I'm just like totally on empty right now and I need this and if you have a a working relationship a uh, with this person they could uh, front you something and and give it to you and then and then get them back or or they might just give it to you I mean it, it depends like it, it's all there's so many variables to all this like it's hard to put a exact uh, uh, all this criteria on it but yeah that, that's a general yeah so, you know, you and I have talked about the fact that the drug supply is increasingly tainted these days. And, you know, here in California, it seems like everything has fentanyl in it. I mean, one of my patients just relapsed on meth and his urine drug screen was positive for fentanyl and a little bit of a kind of a wake up moment for him. I mean, yeah, that I, I'm, I'll be honest, like it blows my mind because uh, uh, I've been informed now, like uh, hanging out with you and talking with you and, and going through and learning this stuff. Um that people are being prescribed Suboxone that are not opiate users at all. Oh, yes. But they're smoker, they're, they smoke meth or they, they, whatever they do with meth, they, they're just, they're, they're, they're meth heads and, and they're, and they're being prescribed Suboxone so they don't OD from doing their meth. Like, yep. That blows my mind. Yeah. When you were using, did you try to find out if fentanyl was in your supply? Uh, okay. So the, so the the needle exchange and everything they give you the fentanyl the the testing strips and everything and of course I mean yeah once that was available and we could we could do that I mean out of uh, sheer curiosity or really want because I didn't really care because I I was a both user so it didn't really matter to me if my meth had fentanyl in it because I mean I'm already doing opiates so like it's like it's just an additive it's just like a bonus like it didn't really matter to me. But out of curiosity and for others that didn't use fentanyl, we would use the, the, the testing strips. And the thing with that is like, okay, yeah, you, you get a, you get three grams of crystal, okay? And you test, you pull out a little piece of it and you test that and wow, okay, you, you have no fentanyl in it. But what about the rest of the two and two grams and 70 i mean like what about the rest of it like you know what you have no clue if the rest of you so what do you have to test it all what you really would have to do so like i i get i get the 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 theory of of testing it but 
I mean, you have to test it all. Yeah. You have just you have no clue. Would you ask your dealer, like, hey, does this have fentanyl in it? I mean, granted, you've said you probably wouldn't believe him anyway. Exactly. But did you I ask? Mean, that's exactly what it's going to come down to. Like, I, I could ask. And if I think I, I have, I've, I mean, we know. And then they'll just say, no, no, it doesn't. Or no. It just, <laughs> I mean, it's going to come down to, like, whether they think you should know or if you're going to believe them or whether they really think you care enough is going to be their answer. Like they, it's never, they, they, I mean, I wouldn't believe them anyway. So like it doesn't, yeah. yeah. So I, I've heard you say this and, and I'm going to quote you here. When you talk about fentanyl arriving into the drug supply, you've described it as the party is over. Yeah. What, what does that mean to you? Oh, okay. or, or talk to me about what, how that phrase makes sense in your mind and, and how it's affected your decision to stop using drugs. Sure. I mean, that, that was like, that's the, that was the pivotal moment. Like, I mean, it, and this isn't like a epiphany moment. This isn't like a, all of a sudden, like at 12.01 on the 8th of November, I no. it's like, it's a gradual thing, but I'm, I'm seeing like, um, okay. I am a heroin addict and, and, and a crystal addict and when I find that I can't find heroin and I can't get it and I have to lurk, look around and search around and, and it's like becoming um, obsolete at this point and then but okay fentanyl's everywhere it's cheaper it's, 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 it's more abundant so I have to switch my problems from heroin to fentanyl which I mean it's not just it's not just the drug it's um, I'm an IV user, so I, I shoot my drugs, so I'm not going to shoot fentanyl. Like I, 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 I've OD'd from it. I've, I've woken up from these, just falling out from it. Like, um, it's so potent. It's so, I mean, it's, if it's, it's a roll of the dice with, uh, uh smoking it and, and, and shooting it is just, it's, it's out of the question. So what really happened with me is. I'll give you the, the best example I can. Um, I get out of jail and my, my tolerance is zero. I, I have no tolerance. So I, I'm, I'm working from the ground up like nothing. And I get out and I'm an addict and, and I go shoot heroin and crystal. And I know, I mean, obviously in the, in the grand thing, like that's bad for me, but I'm ha I'm not having any immediate dangers with it. I mean, I'm, I'm handling it. It's, it's, I'm used to it, but I mean, I'm still, I'm going, going from zero to this drug and it, nothing's, 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 nothing's popping up as a problem. But then I go from that and I go smoke fentanyl, two hits of fentanyl and IOD. And it takes three or four Narcan to bring me back. Okay. So I'm shooting drugs, intravenously using drugs and it's not a problem. And then I go smoke this and I'm dead. Like. There's a problem there. There's a real serious problem there because, I mean, I'm switching my problems just because of, of, of availability. So I have to go use that, basically. And it's cheaper anyway. So, like, why? I mean, they're making it every option available of me going to use that, to switching over. And then, but it's so dangerous and, and, and it deadly from smoking it. So, like, it's, it's the, the game, the jig is up. Like, it's, just, it's over. Like, I, I, I. It's not, it's not fun anymore. It's not, it's not, it's not enjoyable. It's, it's so dangerous. And you, and there's so many criteria of like, do, okay, I have to watch how much I smoke. I have to, I have to, okay, is, is this ISO? Is this clean? Is this carfentanil? I don't know. So I have to, I just have to like 
baby step it and like I mean that's not using drugs to me that's just like it's like danger it's like a, a, a it's 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 insane it's just it's over it, it, there's no more to be done with it yeah I've heard some some people say recently that with fentanyl you're basically in withdrawal or you're totally knotted out. I mean, I, I, I think you heard me say that. I know, I know you've heard me say that. Um, oh, maybe it was you that I'm, I'm quoting I mean, you to you. Well, there sure, we go. Sure. I mean, <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, and, and this isn't like just me. I mean, this is the way it is. Like you are either cause the, the, the legs, the, the longevity of using fentanyl, like it doesn't, it doesn't stick with you. It, it's very short. It's, it's like a very short high. And I mean, it's strong, it's strong, but I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't last with you. So you're having to smoke a lot more of it, which I mean, does it pan out? Does it like, if it's cheaper, but you're smoking more of it, is it really cheaper? Like, I mean, cause you're using more of it. Like, so I don't know about that, but yeah, I mean, you're smoking it and then you're sick so much quicker and, and it's so, it's so quick. Like you, I mean, you smoke it and, and you actually like, it's not like smoking heroin. Heroin, like you have to like smoke it, and and it takes a minute to like come on. Like, but with fentanyl, it's so strong that you like you feel that you feel that like that it comes over you, and like and I mean, and so it's so strong that you have to be careful. I mean, are you just gonna be done? Are you just gonna be done for? Or I mean, it, it's it's so dangerous, dude. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, let, let's pivot a little bit here. You know, you're in the process of starting some training to be a drug and alcohol counselor. What stands out to you that you're learning now about addiction from like the treatment perspective that's different from what you lived? In other words, you know, you've, you've worked with a colleague of, of mine and me, we've gone to schools, we've, we've done some education, you know, you've done some kind of some talking to people who are actively using and run the criminal justice system. Is there anything you've learned from the treatment side that's different that you didn't know from just your lived experience? I mean, the one that stands out to me really, because I mean, I, I, drug dependency and drug addiction is, it's not that diff, it's not that, it's not that intricate. Like it's, 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 it's when are you going to figure out when you have to stop? That's what it's going to be, or you're going to die. Like, I mean, because you can't keep going forever. Like it's going to, you're either going to, you're just going to fizzle out. Or you're gonna instantly die, or you're gonna stop. I mean, it's not that it's not that much, it's not that involved. But the thing that I've noticed, um, we went into the juvenile system the other day, and there's no options for them. Like, there's so many options for adults. Like, you've got your rehabs, you've got your uh, sober living environments, you've got uh, 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 you've got your Suboxone programs, you've got your needle exchange programs, you've got. 12 step meetings, all this stuff, like everything, but juveniles don't have all these options. And like, that's where it's hitting home. Cause like it's, it's, these kids are getting higher earlier every, it seems like every year, like it's just like so much. So there's no options for them to get really, cause I mean, first off they, they get in trouble if they, if they say, Hey, I'm getting high. I mean, they're, they, the hammer's falling on these, on these kids. So like they don't want to say that, and and the peer pressure aspect, uh, uh, they're just they, they're just just figuring it out. So they have, they they're going all in, and there's no options for them to get clean or to get help because it's just not there. Like so, why wouldn't you want to like 
get it earlier as opposed to going through all these years of tragedy and, and drama and chaos when we could get it earlier, but it's not there. That's that's what I'm figuring out. Like, So it's, it sounds like since you've been through various programs for on and off for many years, yeah. you already kind of knew the recovery process. It just, it, it, it ultimately was the arrival of fentanyl that was the change for you. I mean, sure. I mean, yeah. And, and like, like I said, it's, yeah, I knew it's that, it's not that hard. We know that we have to quit. Like in the grand scheme of things, like, you know, you just have to stop getting high. And then, and then, I mean, you do you have to get certain ducks in a row to get there. Like you have to get a job and you have to get, and you have to, all this stuff. We know, we know that like in order to recover, you have to do all this stuff and you have to slowly peg by peg, get it together. But in the grand, at the end of it, it's, you have to stop using. We know that. Like it's not. It's not as big a miraculously like uh, uh, antidote thing. Like we we know that we have to do that. But it's just how are you going to come to that realization? And when are you going to really like punch punch the time clock and say like I'm done. It's over. Like when that that's that's how there's and there's so many avenues to get there. But you, that's, that's, I mean, that's what you have to get to. Yeah. It's really interesting just reflecting back on what you said about the youth. I mean, the analogy I think of as a doctor is cancer, right? If you detect it early and like you remove a small polyp, you're done. Like you don't have cancer anymore. Right. If you wait and it lingers and it spreads to, you know, three organ systems, you know, it, it's so much harder to eradicate. So I, I love what you said of saying, let's focus resources on our youth when they're still early in using. Mm-hmm. We could have incredible uh, uh, changes and just prevent, you know, years of trauma and incarceration and, and overdoses. Right. I just, I, I, I find that very insightful. And, you know, obviously we're, we're trying to make addiction treatment as available as possible here. Yeah. Yeah. So Jeremy, I just want to say, Thank you so much for number one, not laughing at me throughout this podcast for all my dumb questions. A bit, yeah. yeah, yeah, we laugh together. Just thank you for sharing your experiences, your knowledge. I'm, I'm so glad that we're working together for the future and thinking about how we can improve care for addiction here where, where we are in California. Is there anything else you want to add and, and share just based on your lived experience with addiction of, of things that we as healthcare providers could be doing better? Um, I mean, the stigma thing is like number one for me. I mean, I mean, uh, it, as a homeless drug addict, being uh, uh, judged on certain things, like I mean, I go into I go into the emergency room at the hospital, and I mean I I mean I had dreadlocks down, and I mean I, I'm scuzzy looking, and, and I mean it's obvious, like I mean I I couple teeth in my mouth, like it, I mean it's it's obvious that I am not living the best life, and I am I'm down and out, and. I go in there and I see this, this doctor and, and I say, Hey man, I, I'm having trouble breathing. Like my chest hurts real bad. And I, I got into this altercation and I got slammed and, and I'm having these pains and, and he gives me an x-ray and then he says, there's nothing wrong with me. And I knew I, I, I have experience with this. I knew this was going to happen. And, and I just break down, I break down and I'm like, what's going on? I mean, there, no, there's something wrong here. And then so because of my outburst and because of my, my sticking to my, 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 my problem, uh, they give me a CAT scan and then he comes in and he says to me, and I quote this, I grant, I'll grant you this, you have four broken ribs. And I'm like, you'll grant me that? Like I was lying. Like, like it was a, like, like it was a big scheme of something like, like, 
Like I'm trying to get some. I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not coming for pain meds or anything. I'm. I'm shooting heroin, and obviously you can test that and you can find that out. Like you. I mean, you could see the track marks on my arms and everything. It's. It's not that I'm coming to get anything, but I'm in pain, man. Like I'm. I'm legitimately hurt, and it's seen because of whatever. Because I mean, I don't know if it's because I've met a cow or because my my I look grimy or I look homeless or it's understood that I don't. I don't know what the criteria of that was. I don't know what. What, what brought this on, but I am seen as a liar and trying to get over. And that's just, I mean, that's pure stigma. I mean, I, I mean, from my standpoint, that's what I have to see. So, I mean, we're looked, on, looked down upon because whether it's mental health issues or it's just drug addiction or it's circumstance, I mean, this person is, is in that, in that, walking that way of life and and they're being they're being denied or they're being persecuted not persecuted but like they're being they're just they're just being mistreated. Yeah, sure. You're like I mean like, and for what? Like because you don't know that person. You have no idea what exactly happened. So like walk into it with 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 a empty with with a clear you I mean like a blank slate. Sure. I was this is what I was going to say but yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I didn't even say it right. But <laughs> but I'm saying like I mean come don't don't come in with your biases and your and your predispositions and I mean that person is an individual so like bring that into into effect like don't don't like just come at them and and and, and have all these judgments or have it I, I mean I don't know what they're thinking also but I know what I'm thinking and I know what I'm seeing and I deserve a, a fair crack like I, I, I deserve like this this fair equal treatment so like I mean, and, and it goes across the board. It goes across for everybody with the cops and with the with the. Med- it's not just medical. It's not just medical, but it's 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 everybody. And this goes for society too. Like just because you see that person and he's down and out doesn't mean uh, 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 you should just be a certain way with him. Like treat them more individually. So you have to say. I mean, stigma we talk about quite a bit. We've got to break it down. I mean, people, regardless of their condition, deserve respect and to be treated equally. Right. So, amen on that, my friend. Yeah. All right, Jeremy. I appreciate your time, your experience. I personally learned a ton. Um, and with that, let's wrap up this episode. To all the listeners out there, thank you so much for listening, and thank you for what you do. And don't forget, treating substance use disorders saves lives. <laughs>